Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's up, everyone? Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night with a returning guest, a returning favorite, so we could talk about a show that I am full-blown obsessed with, Christina Ricci. Congratulations on Yellow Jacket Season 2. Hi, thank you so much. So you have played Dicey Questions before, but the last time we spoke, I don't believe I had the physical dice tower with me. So we are going to play a quick round and... This time around, they are all Yellow Jackets-themed questions. Okay. All right. So I've got three rolls for you. They correspond to three random questions. And whatever I roll for you, that is where we start. All right. First one up. All right. We are kicking this off with a number four. Number four is very appropriate for you. This one is called Slumber Party. What three famous people would you invite to a slumber party? Oh, wow. Um. What three famous people would you invite? Well, I'm actually, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, let's see. I worked, well, I worked with Christopher Walken and he was lots of fun. So I think he'd be kind of fun at a slumber party. I'm friends with um, Aubrey Plaza. I love her so much. And I just know she'd be really good fun at a slumber party with me and Chris Walken. And then, I don't know. I mean, I've always wanted to meet Dolly Parton. It's random. It's not a great answer, but there you go. Oh, no, I think this is an excellent trio. I would love to be a fly on the wall of this slumber party. All right, you got two more rolls. All right, we're moving over to number five. If you could role swap with any actor on this show in either timeline just to play a particular scene yourself, what scene would you choose and why? I don't know. Um, I've always wanted to play a cop, so maybe I would switch roles with Kevin Tan. Okay. I, I like that choice. I like that choice. All right, you got one more roll in the tower. 
All right, we're gonna end this with a number one. Okay, so this is a question that does apply to you as in real you. You're in a yellow jackets type situation. You're on a plane that goes down in the wilderness, but you managed to find your suitcase. What is something in your bag that maybe could help the group, but you want it all for yourself, so you're not gonna tell them you have it? Oh, I'm not really like that. Um... I'm a youngest sister, youngest child, a uh, little sister. So everything that I have is yours. Um, I would have really helpful uh, uh, ibuprofen. I always travel with ibuprofen. Um, I would have like astringents, like Jackie, that would be helpful. Um, I do have like weird like healing cream that I travel with that heals things really fast. It's like a steroid hearing, healing cream. And I would have lots of hair ties, which we could use to make rope, um, hair pins, which are helpful. But I, uh, I wouldn't have a lot of clothes because I never travel with more than three days of clothes at a time because I hate That's checking bags. I respect that. I just love the beginning of your answer because my sister is like that. She's the younger sister and she would definitely be like, everybody use everything. And admittedly, as the older sister, I'm like, ask me first and then maybe I'll give it to you. Yeah, there's a birth order has a real effect on people. <laughs> I'm glad to be able to use that as an excuse. All right, let's get into the meat of the interview. Now, a couple broader questions about season two to start here. So first, it, it isn't easy delivering a solid second season of a show after such a successful and such a special first season. So what do you think it is about the Yellow Jackets showrunner and their approach to their work that, you know, helps them succeed where other shows might struggle to keep the bar as high in a second season? Well, you know, I don't really know very much about how they work. Um, you know, they're, they're, the room is in L.A., um, not even in Vancouver where we shoot. And, um, you know, I, I put my trust in them and execute what they write to the best of my ability um, and don't really even sort of question any of it or even have conversations with them about what's going on. So... I can't tell you from like how they work, what makes them more successful. Um, but I do think that this season is really um, compelling and so successful. And um, especially with the work that's been done um, in the, the 1996 uh, storyline, because it really is so interesting. They really did sort of, for me, uh, what I got out of watching it was really an exploration of um, trauma and your own brain. And they really do a great job at posing that question, how much is in the girl in their minds and how much is actually really happening. And having been someone who suffers from PTSD, you don't like, it's really incredible how your, uh, how, your anxieties and feelings, you will create something almost physical, like being scared of ghosts. There's my room must be haunted when it's really just your anxiety. Um, so to see that uh, executed and, and shown so well, I think is, is really um, so it's really impressive. It, it really is something else. I'll get into this, but I, I love how much Teen Misty is teetering towards showing signs of becoming the person that you are in the series. I think it is so incredibly effective. 
First, though, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your approach to the work in terms of not pressing the showrunners and writers for information about your character, because I know that's your approach to the work here. So I have two, a two-parter on that. Can you give me an example of a scene that you shoot in season two where you're thankful that you didn't know too much before you shot that scene, where not knowing and being in the dark in some respect influenced your work for the better? I don't know that I think it does. Um, I have shot many scenes or we've re I've read many uh, episodes where I'm just sort of like, oh, wow. So that's what that's the backstory to what happened. I might have played something a little differently had I known. So, you know, it's a really it's a it's a it's a dance. It's difficult. Um, it. Uh, I've never worked this way. So I'm learning as I go and trying to find the way to, to never, um, to never sort of regret the way I played something in the past. Um, you know, I really, it, it, this is really a new experience for me and I'm trying, trying to, um, master it. You all do that dance like exceptionally well. I that, I mean that's part of the that's part of the joy of watching this show is also tracking things like reaction shots that you know magically do build into something that really means something. Yeah, I think we have we have really good. I think we have really great editors. <laughs> the, the whole team sometimes I watch something and I'm like, oh my god, I shot this before I knew that. Thank God the editor is so good. <laughs> Okay, can you can you kind of like peel back the curtain a little? Is there any particular scene where now when you watch it, knowing what's been revealed about the past, you think to yourself, like, maybe I would have tackled that a different way, or maybe, maybe it illuminated something in that scene that came as a pleasant surprise to you and made it more powerful than you ever realized it was? I mean, I can't think of anything really specific. I know that for the finale episode, a lot was revealed. Um, a lot was revealed in the 1996 storyline. And um, I do remember when we were shooting, thinking that some of those reveals would have affected things that I played earlier a little bit differently. But I also think that, you know, in making the show, they're very smart. And um, I don't think they'd ever make a choice or write something that like drastically didn't meld with what had been what had been performed uh, earlier in earlier episodes either. So I don't know. I think also when you are the person giving the performance, you're so much more mindful and um, detail oriented about things that maybe an audience wouldn't notice so much. I feel like your your audience is especially in tune with all the deep. Nothing brings me more joy than when a new Yellow Jackets episode drops and then I get to go over to Reddit and um, hear about all these little things that maybe I miss, hear about different interpretations of certain things. Right. That's why the show has such a big fan community is because you guys deliver a story that sparks that kind of conversation. Well, great. Then nobody's noticed any of the things that I've noticed in my own performance that were lacking. <laughs> you you are exceptional. I mean it. I do the same thing with my interviews. I go back. I'm like, why did I say that a certain way? Um, I do want to highlight Samantha's work, and it kind of leans into what we were just talking about a little bit here. Is And also, again, this is, uh, this is something that is full spoilers. It's not going to get released until the season finale is available. So everybody watching this should have known to have watched the season finale at this point. But is there anything 
that 90s Misty goes through that when you first found out about it, you found influencing your own performance or maybe expected to influence your own performance heavily going forward into season three? Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind when you say that, when you ask that question, and I'm not sure if it's exactly answer your question, but um, I thought it was so interesting. Uh, you know, I've kind of gone along playing her, not really feeling like Misty ever believed in any of the supernatural aspects in the wilderness. Um, and that's always kind of been a question. And then even when we went to film the finale and all the women get caught up in this like mass hysteria hunt thing again, the question for me, and, and I think each of us had to find the point at which we turned from rational to, to you know, that the mass hysteria, the hysteria taking over kind of thing. Um, and so I think we each had to ask ourselves that question of how fully did our character believe in this at, at, in the wilderness? And I had never, I never really thought she did. I thought that Misty, Misty is an opportunist. Um, Misty's also somebody who's so removed um, from, you know, not that she doesn't have emotions, but there's sort of like um, a removal from them where she can look at them and deal with them without immediately reacting to them. And I, and I've always felt like she didn't, she didn't really, like it was fun for her to believe in like that they're in a haunted house, but she never really believes in it. And then to hear her say young Misty and, and yes, Samantha Hanratty is amazing. She's so talented. She's so good. Um, she's really in, just incredible. Um, and when she says to Lottie, uh, we all did that. I don't remember what the exact line is, but she says something basically like, well, we all did this because of you don't start making anyone feel bad about it now. And that to me is so like, oh, so you are not like you, you are seeing this from like the corner of the room. You're watching this. She has such, um, that to me just really confirmed what I had always felt that, that she doesn't really buy into all of it. Um, and she sees it much more as like, people's emotions taking over and and yes there is something dire there they're going to starve to death um but i don't think she thinks she they're going to starve to death because there's a malicious spirit there you know what i mean and i um i really that to me was was great because like i said we don't always know that much and we don't always know if we're on the right track or we even have the right conclusions and so to hear that i was like okay great so i feel validated in what I've been doing this whole time. <laughs> the writing in that scene and the delivery in that scene is just like pitch perfect, on point, couldn't be better. Yeah, no, she's amazing. <laughs> okay, before I jump into the finale full force here, there is one lingering question I had from episode seven. And it's one of those things where I think it's just how you feel it out in the moment. It's not necessarily canon and something that the showrunners prescribed for you. But there's a line in that episode where I believe it's Natalie asks the group, how much do you guys remember? And it did start to make me wonder how much about the past do you think Misty remembers with, with clarity at this point? I think she remembers everything. Because again, I don't think she was overwhelmed by her emotions uh, while she was out there. 
I think she was overwhelmed by her, you know, needs and her desires. And, um, but I don't think that she was distraught in any way or, I mean, I don't know. I don't even really think that, I think like some of her choices led to her being traumatized. Like, you know, like the crystal incident probably traumatized her because she did something that really ended up hurting her personally. Um, but I think overall, I just, I think she remembers everything. I would believe that. I, I, that definitely would be my take, but it comes with a little more weight when it comes from you. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right. I think she Let's get into the finale now. Just a, a broader question about the finale, because this is the first time I believe Karin Kusama has come back to direct since the pilot. So why do you think that she was the right person to helm this particular episode? And is there anything she did on set that you, you know, made you stop and say to yourself, I'm so glad you're here leading us through this one? Well, I just felt like that all the time. I love Karin. I think Karin is um, such an incredible director and so talented and so insightful and isn't um, confused by any sort of like smoke and mirrors or anything. She's there to do the work and she is there. She really observes and assesses and gets things right. Um, and I trust her. I trust all of her choices. I trust, um, I trust her takes on everything. Um, and she also, is like somebody that when she supports you, when she tells you something, you can believe her, which as an actor is really incredible. And on an episode like the finale, when there is so much going on and so many characters in one scene, each with their own, you know, their own narrative, their own point of view for the scene, the characters, I mean, each character's own point of view and each one is going through something so different to, be able to have that trust in a director is really incredible. She's um, one of my favorite working directors. She's amazing. She's just amazing. And she's really, uh, you know, she's so capable and so smart. And this episode had more going on than I think any other episode we've shot. And I think you really need somebody who as is as talented, as competent, and and has executed as many, you know, really successful low-budget films as she has. I think that that background is is really invaluable 
Without a doubt, I would definitely believe that. All right, getting into some of the the narrative specifics now, my my first big burning question for you is, when Misty first agrees to do the card game again, what do you think she thinks is going to happen? Do you think that she thinks someone is going to stop, actually arrive and stop Lottie in time? Or is there any chance? She doesn't know that they haven't, that they've called off the insane asylum people. Like the whole time she and Shauna believe that they are, biding their time, going along with it, waiting for those people to show up. So I think she genuinely believes at some point these people are going to show up and it's not until Tawny, uh, not Tawny, Thaisa and Van say that they called them off that she realizes that this is just like, that no one's coming to help them. So at that point, how does her feelings about the game shift for you? Is it, well, is it, it a situation where there's fear? It becomes very extreme. Beforehand, she's going along with it. Probably no one's going to die. She can probably get in between Lottie and Shauna if she needs to, you know. Um, but then I think when she – for long enough until somebody shows up. But then I think when she realizes no one's coming, that's when everything becomes very extreme. The stakes are very high, and she does believe that somebody is going to die. And if you were, if you do have the memory of the wilderness chooses, then even just seeing a gun pointed at someone you love, like, well, what if – the wilderness chooses to have like Lisa trip and her gun goes off. You know what I mean? So I think, um, I think at that point, that's when things really turn for her. And I think until then she's kind of just trying to do what Shauna was doing. It's funny that in this last, that scene that, (laughs) that Shauna, who seems like one of the most grounded characters, you know, who's always had the most to lose and the character that seems the most out there, Misty, who's never had anything to lose are all of a sudden like on the same page, um, dealing with things as though they're both the most rational people in the room. I thought that was interesting. Oh God. I have so many follow-up questions. The first one that came to mind is, do you think that Misty's Misty's whole mentality about this whole thing would have been different had she not had her vision in episode seven and reconnected with Walter? I do. I think that that's one of the interesting things about what she gets from her vision because everybody has different visions. And I, it's funny that hers is so positive. Um, but what is interesting about that vision is that it gives her something to lose Whereas normally Misty in every scene is the one character with nothing to lose because she doesn't really care about what they did in the past in terms of feeling bad about it or being worried that anyone will ever find out. Um, So all of a sudden she goes into a situation like this with something to lose. And so she can't, she can't just sort of separate herself and be sort of like amused like she normally is or like curious what's going to happen. Um, you know, she has to actually be invested in an emotional way about something. And for her, it's making sure that she doesn't die because she finally has something to live for. I love that addition to the character so much. Before before I move into the tail end of that sequence, one behind the scenes question, because I know the cards were scripted when the game was played in the 90s. Are the cards that all of you pull in your sequence, were they in the script? Yeah, you mean... Yeah, we're like, repeating list, like, their... like listed out specifically what cards they draw. Oh, I don't remember, but I don't think so. Oh, 
That's I mean, if you remember, sometimes I don't read the stage direction though. So fair, fair enough, fair enough. I'm always in trouble on set for that. And I'm like, oh, sorry guys, I'll just read the dialogue. <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right. I want to move into the Natalie Misty connection. I feel like we might get an answer to this later on in the show, but at this point for you, especially playing a moment like this, what do you think it is about Natalie in particular compared to all the other surviving Yellow Jackets that Misty finds herself drawn to and protective of most? Well, we find out what it has been the whole time at the end of the finale. She was the first Antler Queen and Misty served her. So that's what it is. She's the original antler queen. It crossed my mind he hearing you like lay it all out like that. I feel like it just cut, it cuts through in a deeper way. I like that. I like that. So I guess the follow-up to that would be if Lisa had stepped in and pointed that gun at anybody else other than Natalie, do you think Missy still would have done what she did? No. When, when did you as uh as the actor working on this show and working with Juliet as a scene partner, first find out that Natalie was not going to make it through season two. Um, I think we found out like one episode during two. So, so this is 209 is the finale. So I think we found out during 208. How does your prep process differ for a game-changing, show-changing scene like that, and also one that I have to imagine is like deeply emotional for all of you on a personal level to do as well. Yeah, I don't really, I'm not an actor that does a lot of prep. I just make sure that I know my lines, basically. <laughs> um, uh, and, the, you know, obviously there's probably some subconscious, like, I think about the scene, but I don't really have a lot of... Um, you know, like I don't have a a thing that I do. There's no structure to it, basically. Um, uh, and when I have to do an emotional scene, I f I don't know. I uh, I'm not sure exactly what my prep is. I guess I'm much more of like a subconscious actor, um, and I rely on the words really to evoke the emotion. Um, uh, with this, I will say, you know, we were all really devastated um, at the idea that we would lose Juliet and that she wouldn't, you know, devastated the idea that she might not be a part of the show anymore. You know, we've all gone through quite a bit um, and she and I have gone through a lot together. Uh, we're all very close and uh, we know a lot about each other and our past and um, our troubles. And, you know, we're like sisters. We fought and made up and um, had crazy nights laughing on set and exhausted at 4 a.m. and wet and freezing. And um, so it was very emotional to, to shoot this. Oh, I can't even imagine just as a, as a viewer who is removed from that element of it, it like I expected something devastating to happen, probably a character death, but for whatever reason with, with the present day characters, I don't think I was mentally prepared to accept the fact that one of them could die. Oh, so you thought another one of the young, younger people was going to die? I thought maybe one of the younger people or maybe one of the supporting characters, like, like, a, like a Kevin Tan did not totally surprise me, but I thought that might've been the shocking season finale right. death and not necessarily one of you. Yeah, I know. It's really, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that like really works for TV shows. <laughs> as brutal as that is and as upsetting as it is, like killing off a main character, like 
really surprises people and gets them to keep watching and for the narrative of the show i you know none of us really know where it's going and this is what needs to happen for the bigger plan to be executed um but it was very sad for us it was really hard and shooting those scenes were really hard and uh it makes me emotional just thinking about it I very much understand that. And for what it's worth, that sequence plays exceptionally well and does feel like a well-earned place to end this particular season. I'll I'll leave you with two kind of theory questions to look forward a little, to look forward to season three to a little bit. First, do you think that Misty will blame herself for Natalie's death and how might she process that death differently than let's say a Crystal or a Jessica Roberts? Well, I would say that since we've had her, you know, we finally in this show, uh, this season, saw her question herself. We've never seen that before. And it didn't even seem like it was something she could do. And and she does it very surfacely. <laughs> Obviously, it's not really, it's not I'm gnawing at her. Um, or else, you know, or maybe it it is and it has been. We don't really know. Um, but I would think because of the way that she expresses it to Walter, I killed my best friend. And because it's a repetition of something that happened to her in the past, killing her best friend, I would I would think that this will be something that she blames herself for. Oh God, my heart right now, the show, these characters. All right, last question before I let you go, because the last time you were on Ladies Night, I asked you what Misty thinks her greatest weakness is at the end of season one. And you, you highlighted- <laughs> I think you said you said pretty much nothing. You highlighted her arrogance and the fact that she has no fears. And now I am very curious to ask you that question again. But for season two, what do you think Misty thinks her greatest weakness is at the end of this season? God, at the end of this season, what does she think her greatest weakness is? I mean, I would think that she's going to have a lot of feelings of, you know, I don't know, just she tries, but she never gets it right. You know, I think that she didn't mean to kill her. She was trying to protect her, but somehow in doing that, she fumbled it all and ended up killing her. Cause she doesn't know. Well, I mean, maybe in the, I don't know if not, if in that split second, she would have registered that. Well, maybe she would have registered that Natalie stepped in front and wouldn't allow her to kill Lisa, I'm not sure how much that registers for her um, after the fact, but I would think that she would have a lot. I think there's probably just going to be a lot of self-loathing. Oy vey, the dark places these poor characters have to go to, but... Well, we don't for- know. I could be wrong. I'm usually wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's the thing I always say. Whenever I come up with a theory or idea, I just say to myself, you are wrong because the showrunners are smarter and they will surprise you every single turn. Yeah, I'm usually wrong, so... <laughs> Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, may, maybe wrong on future th- on future theories for this show, but like so right again, so on point with every single ounce of this performance. It is not an easy character to justify all of her decisions while actually reflecting the fact that she's having a changing mentality about certain things. So, job incredibly well done. Congratulations on Yellow Jacket season two. Thank you. Come back to Ladies Night soon. Okay, yeah, I will. <laughs> Next season, I'll be back. 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.